0: Nate became a Christ follower two weeks ago and is still a bit giddy about it. Now he's trying not to do cartwheels in public. Nate became a believer partly because of... Kim. Yet, oddly enough, Kim and Nate have never met. How is this possible? Well, let's take a look. Kim loved Jesus from an early age, and in college she had a huge impact on her friends. While most of her peers used their college years to, well, experiment, Kim didn't. She remained committed to her faith, and it showed. It especially showed to Lisa, her roommate, who confessed to Kim that she wanted whatever it was that made Kim so strong. Kim shared her faith with Lisa, and Lisa believed. Years later, at Lisa's first real job, she met Thomas. Thomas was hit by a drunk driver when he was 13, and still carried a lot of anger and bitterness. Thomas and Lisa became friends, and it wasn't long before he started going to church with Lisa and her husband. After a lot of studying and searching, Thomas gave his life to Christ. Fast forward a few years. Thomas became a public speaker and was often asked to speak at large events. See, when he became a believer, Thomas developed a new perspective on life. He stopped resenting what had been taken from him and started being thankful for the second chance he had been given. On one particular day, Thomas shared about overcoming hardship and what it means to choose joy. He was so passionate that a number of people were inspired to share a link to his video. The video of Thomas inspired James too. And if anyone needed inspiration, it was him. James had a ton of issues. He spent most of his life as a passive husband, an absent father, and a horrible friend. That said, no one disliked him more than he disliked himself. But everything changed the night he happened to watch Thomas online. Something clicked and he knew what he had to do. He surrendered his miserable life to someone greater, and he was forever changed. James fought hard to make up for the lost years with his family, and he also began working with young men who were in danger of throwing their lives away. One of those men was Nate. Nate didn't really know his own dad, and he had no real direction in life, ultimately bouncing from one bad decision to another. Because of that, he often found himself in trouble with the law. No one had ever showed him what it looked like to be a real man. That is, until he met James. James became the first father figure Nate ever had. He learned about honesty, self-control, humility, and integrity, and where those traits come from. Two months later, Nate publicly declared his belief in Christ. And of course, James was there. Now you can see the connection. Nate was impacted by James. He was influenced by Thomas. Thomas, on Uncommon Joy and Lisa who learned of Jesus from Kim. Kim's relationship with God eventually led to Nate's. Funny how these two people have never met and never will.
1: Really is amazing, isn't it? From Kim to Lisa to Thomas to James and now Nate. It's an amazing string of events. It really is amazing how and who God actually uses to draw us toward himself, isn't it? Well, hey, everyone. I want to welcome you. It's great to be with you on this New Year's, this first Sunday of the year, so to speak, a fresh start. And for those of you that are sort of checking out church today, maybe for the first time, uh, maybe you're someone who made a New Year's resolution. You're like, you know what? I am going to get closer to God this year. That is my resolution. I want to welcome you specifically. Uh, My prayer for you, uh, quite frankly, is that your resolution lasts a lot longer than mine to lose weight. I think I've already broken that. But anyways... Seriously though, my name is Tom, and I'm one of the pastors here at Liquid Church, and uh, I'm thrilled actually to kick off this brand new year with all of you. But before before we actually take a step further, I want to um, I want to ask you a question. It's actually a question, a poignant one that the video has brought up for us already. And that question is this: Who is the reason you are here today? Who is the reason? You are here today. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're here because of a resolution, okay? It doesn't matter if you're here because, you know what, you call Liquid Church your spiritual home. Or maybe you're here because you have questions about God and you figure, you know what, I, I just think that going to church and, and figuring out some answers about life and about God, uh, that sort of stuff, it, it's, a church would be a good place for that sort of stuff. Whatever brought you here today, a large part of that equation is actually a who. A large part of what brought you here today is actually a person. A large part of that equation is actually someone who took the time for whatever reason to tell you about a crazy little church that meets in you know hotels and public schools. Or, or maybe it was someone who invited you to check out their life group. As you heard Pastor Tim say there, he was, this is a place for, for folks to get along during the week. They meet together, 9 to 12 people. They s- discuss the Bible and life. Or maybe maybe you heard about Liquid Church because a coworker of yours volunteered for one of our more recent outreaches, you know. And they couldn't stop talking about the Market Street Mission or about giving away gifts and presents to kids with single moms, right? Operation Christmas Angel. Whatever the details are, every single one of us today is here somehow drawing closer to God at our own pace, but we're somehow drawing closer to him largely because of someone else. And you know what? It it doesn't even matter if that someone else was from like 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, or even just last week, because each of us is here And I I just want to pause here for a second. I want to be clear. When I say here, I'm not talking about like this physical room. I'm not talking about here as in this physical building. What I'm talking about is here. You are here in your spiritual journey. Wherever you are, whatever place that you are, here in your spiritual journey. That's what I'm talking about. Each of us is here wherever you are on your journey because someone invested in you. See, more specifically, many of you are believers today, right now, Christ followers, people walking with Jesus. You're a Christ follower today because one day someone invested in you. Someone actually took that time and invested in you. In fact, turn with me in your Bible to one of my favorite New Testament books here, Romans. And in Romans chapter uh, 10, verse 12... It's found on page 787. The author, the Apostle Paul, spells this incredible spiritual truth out for us this way. Romans chapter 10 verse 12 says this. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Guys, in other words, it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or Gentile. Doesn't matter whether you're black or whether you're white. Doesn't matter whether you're male or female. Doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, do you know what all means? Do you know who everyone includes? Let me tell you something. It includes Nate, a 20-something-year-old kid who had no father figure. It means someone like Lisa, a young lady who felt this emptiness inside of her. Where? What is the purpose of life? What is the meaning of life? Yet she saw something different, some sort of mysterious peace and joy in her roommate it includes it includes folks like james an absentee dad and a passive husband who was full of bitterness but was actually changed by a man in a wheelchair who overcame his own pile of bitterness guys that right there is the gospel that is the good news in action salvation is god's free gift Made available to every single one of us through his son, Jesus Christ. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But saved from what? Some of you are wondering, you know, what, what, what exactly am I saved from? Well, here's the deal, right? First of all, we're saved from the penalties of our sin. Scripture says that we all have sinned and that there's a penalty for sin. That that penalty is death and that Christ comes along and he actually says, no, 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 Tom, you don't have to pay that. You don't have the resources. You don't have the funds. I'm going to actually pay that for you. That's called the gospel right there. Jesus paid for the debt of our sins. That's what he saves us from. But we are also saved from things like fatherlessness, a, a sense of orphancy and abandonment like Nate. We're saved from emptiness and sorrow and purposelessness. This sort of aimless living of life without any meaning, without any drive, without any purpose. We are also saved from bitterness. The kind of bitterness that we saw Thomas had from being hit by a drunken driver and limited to a wheelchair since the age of 13. And the kind kind of bitterness that drives someone to be a passive husband and an absent dad. Now guys... Just be honest here, I don't know what 2011 held for you. I I know for some of you what it held, but not everyone here, right? Maybe you actually relate to James, the father, and and you sort of, you look back in the rear view mirror of life, and, and you so wish that you could just reach into it and have it all back. Just another Try. And so you've, you know, you've like made a resolution. This is going to be a different year. I am going to change. It is not going to be the same, folks. God saves us. God saves us. Not just from our sins, but also from ourselves. God can save you from yourself. He gives, in fact, new life. Not just eternal life in the heavenlies, that's true, but he also gives us new life here and now, life abundant. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if, any was, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. So I want to point your attention to something. Watch how Paul actually shows us our part in this whole new chain of events. Check this out. Paul says in verse 14 of Romans 10, he says something very interesting here. He says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Guys, these are some very basic yet cut-to-the-heart questions, yeah? Paul is essentially asking, how can people call on a God they haven't heard about? How are they supposed to hear without someone telling them? Think of it this way, especially for those of you today who you call yourself a believer, right? You are a Christ follower. You are in love with Jesus. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever wondered, have you ever considered what your life would be like If you were not a believer today, I mean, right now, just in this very moment, what would your life be like for you right now, today, right now, if the person who shared Christ with you or the person who invited you to church for the first time, if the person who took a risk to actually invite you to a church, what would it be like if that person just decided, ah, you know what, why, Ah, I'm not even going to bother Why why, why should I? I'm not a preacher. I mean, Pastor Tom, I read Romans 10, and it's just like every other word is preaching and preach. And and you're like, you're thinking like, well, that's your job. That's what we pay you for, right? That's that's what pastor's all about. That's what pastors do. But you know something? (laughs) That's not the point. Do you know what preaching actually means? Preaching just means, the Greek word is just to proclaim. It's to proclaim the truth. In other words, it's to invest the truth about God's love and about God's mercy into the life of someone else. When Paul uses the word preaching there, he's not talking about like preaching per se, as in like, you know, you need to go home and do your exegesis and, you know, read the original Greek language and and have this homily and write a sermon and, and buy a pulpit. That's not what Paul is suggesting here. You don't need a pulpit to preach. In fact, every single one of you has a platform. You already have a platform, every single one. Whether that's work or maybe a platform in your classroom, in the gym, uh, with your neighbor on the internet. So, So the encouragement here is simply to just go out there and invest the truth about God's love and mercy to someone else. I mean, just think. How would life be different for you today? How would it be different if someone didn't invest those things in you? How would your life be different, not just for today, but for all eternity? See, again, Scripture says, how can people call on a God they don't believe in? And how can they believe if they haven't heard? And how can they hear without someone inviting them in to God's story. See guys, when someone comes to Christ, anytime someone takes a step closer to God, not only do the angels in heaven rejoice, but there's also a chain of events, a series of relationships that God initiates beforehand to sort of get the ball rolling. God used someone in your life to touch you, to begin drawing you towards himself. And likewise, he wants to use you to impact others. That's, that's actually how God's rigged this thing. He actually chooses to glorify himself, to make himself known to other people through people, through me and you. And here's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like, you know, wildly complex or like super spiritual or theological, okay? In other words, you don't need a Bible degree in order to be used by God in some pretty amazing ways. In fact, I would argue, actually, that sometimes a Bible degree actually gets in the way, but that's a different story, different day, okay? But the point is this. God uses ordinary folks to touch the lives of others in extraordinary, even eternal, everlasting ways. Like for, for me, for instance, I just want to go live with this for a second. I know that a big reason... Why I am here today, not just here on this stage, not just as a pastor, but I know a big reason of why I am here as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as a lover of Jesus. I know a big reason for that has everything to do with a guy named Mr. Ron Belmont Sr. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. He looks like Ed Asner. But, anyways, okay? See, Back when I was 12 years old, growing up in Montville, right, just up the street, Morris County, uh, my parents owned this sort of uh, grocery-slash-deli-slash-bagel coffee shop place called K's Food Plus. Can you guess what the K was for? K's Food Plus, okay, on 191 Changebridge Road, Montville, New Jersey, okay? And every morning, every morning, Mr. Ron Belmont would come into K's Food Plus Plus. And he'd get a large cup of coffee and a daily record. You could do that for less than a buck back then, okay? He would get this cup of coffee and his daily record, and he would just be kind of chatting with my dad, right? He just start up a conversation. He comes in. He's a regular every day, right? And during the summer days, gosh, I tell you, I was like this 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kid, and I was just bouncing off the walls. I'm like in the back of the store, like not towards the counter, but like in the back where we had the Pac-Man video games and the Centipede and Asteroids, you know, doing that whole thing, popping as many Snapples, Fun Dip, it, just eating all this stuff, right? And Mr. Belmont goes to my dad, Hey, so uh, is that your son back there? I know you, you got a boy. And my dad's like, Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a very special boy, but very... <laughs> anyway (laughs) and you know they start talking and 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 mr belmont goes well you know i i actually have two sons about his age i got ron jr and jimmy belmont and uh yeah you know every thursday night i take him to this thing called christian service brigade like stockade it's like it's basically like a um a christian boy scouts right and, you know, we, we take them there. They play, you know, dodgeball and capture the flag. And we throw in a Bible study lesson in there and stuff like that. Hey, your, your boy might like it, you know. Hey, would, would you mind if I, I could come by and pick him up and we, we can go together? My dad's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Take, take him, take him, right? <laughs> And so we do this, right? We do this every Thursday, and uh, it was just the greatest thing. I didn't know what was happening. Right? I'm just going along. I'm there for the ride. And um, summer rolls around, and then they got this thing called Northern Frontiers. It's like their big summer campus where they get all their stockade, all their Christian Service Brigade boys. They all get together. They go upstate New York, and they have this, you know, this this camp there for a week. And I tell you something. I don't know what it was. I had been going to church all my life, all that stuff. I've been going to Sunday school, Bible studies, and all those things, but. I don't know what it was, but maybe it was the campfire and the marshmallow. I I heard the gospel for the first time then. And I put my faith in Jesus Christ for the first time. I heard the gospel for the first time and I believed for the first time in my life that I needed a Savior. And that Savior was Jesus Christ. Just think. Just think about this for a second. All of this... Because of a man named Ron who took the time. We're all busy, right? Ron, Mr. Belmont, he was a busy guy, right? But he actually took the time to just kind of notice what was going on every day, right? And invest in a little snot-nosed, sugar-high Korean kid (laughs) and invite him to leave a coffee shop and go to camp. Guys, Do do we understand this here? I'm in the kingdom today because of Ed Asner. But honestly, though, right? I can't imagine, I can't imagine what my life would be like today if Mr. Belmont didn't do that. I am so indebted to him. You know, let let me tell you something here. So I know what some of you guys are thinking. Mr. Belmont, he was not like this spiritual theological guru, Okay, he was not a world-renowned scholar. He didn't have to be. He, he didn't have all the answers to life together. You know, he. I don't even know if he ever. I, I can't recall him ever actually, like, saying a Bible verse to me. Seriously, he, he he wasn't. He didn't have the perfect life, and he didn't need to have the perfect life. But what he did have was just this simple heart of obedience towards God, and, and a willingness to just make a simple ask to take the time and actually notice and make a simple invitation hey Mr. K would your boy like to come check this out how can people call on a God they don't believe in and how can they believe if they haven't heard and how can they hear without someone preaching See, guys, it is not about having a degree in all the original languages in order to encourage someone to take their next spiritual step. Mr. Belmont simply figured, you know something? What kind of a 12-year-old kid wouldn't love playing dodgeball, capture the flag, making a making a car for the pine box derby and yeah in the midst of that if we can show them the love of christ the mercy of god in a relevant way bam who knows who knows what god can do you know in some ways that's one of the things i love so much about this church what am i talking about more specifically here's what it is i love the fact that we have like this kick-butt creative team that makes crazy slides like this and videos and all that stuff, right? We got a worship band that can somehow weave Lady Gaga and Black Eyed Peas with spiritual songs. That's amazing to me. And we have folks downstairs in Liquid Kids right now. God bless them. There with three of my own. Right now, they volunteer their Sunday mornings to be with more snotty-nosed kids, Right? We got these incredible greeters that wear these t-shirts that give you a name type, validate your ticket. We got Pastor Tim who's preaching. is just lights out. It's just amazing. They are the ones who do all of the heavy lifting around here. And I love it. Why? What that, I love that because what that does is for a guy like me, for someone like you, it allows us to just be a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, just, just to be normal to the guy whose Dunkin' Donuts you walk into every morning before you go into the office. All we have to do is just simply invite people. Hey, you know what? What are you doing this Sunday? Come check this out. My church is doing this little thing. I, I got this crazy pa- pastor. He's got big hair. He, he gives this message. It's amazing. Let's Just come check it out. It is that easy. It is so simple. I've never been a part of a church like that. Honestly. In fact, Many of you have heard Rick Warren, right? You know, you know the name Rick Warren. You know, he's a pastor, author. He's wrote several books, one of them Purpose Driven Life. He's sold over 30 million copies, translated in over 50 languages, right? Well, what I love most about Rick Warren is his very down-to-earth insights. This guy is not high on himself at all, very down-to-earth. Like, check out, for instance, what he says about the simplicity and importance of actually inviting people into something that God is already doing. Check out his words. This is, these are his words, not mine. He says, the very first words Jesus said to his disciples, the very first recorded words are come and see. That's about as low of a commitment as you can possibly make to someone. What is the commitment level of come and see? Nothing. Just show up. Sit in the back. Don't sing anything, say anything, sacrifice anything. Just show up. And that's always where you start. Warren continues. And so for 30 years, we've said to Southern California and all around just come and see. You know something? People have come and seen. In fact, This past Christmas, this is incredible, Saddleback Church celebrated with over 20,000 people raising hands with their neighbors, lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. That is amazing. And it all starts with just a simple ask, a simple invitation. Come and see. Come check it out. It's amazing. It's amazing how simple it is. And, and do you know what happens when you take the risk to actually invest in someone? An incredible spiritual chain reaction. 1 Corinthians actually puts it this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 says this. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? What after all is Apollos? And and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Now now listen, listen to how Paul then describes this process. Verse 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but who? God made it grow i planted he watered but god made it grow so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only god who makes things grow in other words it is an organic natural not weird process i mean do you see how simple yet powerful the chain reaction here is It's very organic, and it's as natural as a seed growing up from the ground into a flower. That's as natural as it is. Nothing forced, nothing manufactured, nothing weird, yet something very dynamic and life-changing. That's what God wants to do in you and through you. That's it. Christian author Oswald Chambers put it this way, the idea is not that we do work for God but that we are so loyal to him that he can do his work through us. See, guys, God wants to do his work through you and you. And and, and, and he wants to do his work through through Larry and, and through Mike and through Lockery and through Emily. He wants to do his work through every single one of us. It's amazing. We don't, we don't have to get all caught up on, oh, well, you know, who's doing what? Because God, God is the one who takes our scattering of seeds. God is the one who takes our little investment and makes it multiply over and over again. All we have to do is simply invite people into the action. Come and see. Just come check it out. I mean, guys... Do you believe God can use you this way in the the life of a neighbor who's hurting? Or or maybe a coworker who's searching and has got a lot of questions. Maybe a family member who's somewhere in between. Maybe, maybe do you believe that God can actually use you, that he wants to use you maybe in the life of someone who's feeling abandoned like Nate? Or or someone feeling this empty pit in her life like Lisa? Or, or, Or in the life of someone who's bitter like James? Guys, we all, here's a dirty little secret, right? We've all got baggage. We've all do. I got baggage. You got baggage. Everyone we know has baggage. But the good news is, next week, we're actually going to start unpacking some of this baggage. See, Pastor Tim is actually kicking off a brand new series next week called Baggage. This is going to be a lot of fun. See, because whether it's past hurts worry anger or addictions the reality is most of us are carrying around burdens we were never meant to bear in fact i'm i'm guessing i'm guessing that in a crowd this large there for every single one of you you know at least two three four people in your life who you know would absolutely relate about it, guys. Are you ready to live lighter in 2012? I mean, do you think that you actually might know someone who could benefit from God checking in his or her baggage and learning to live in a lighter way? Then I'm going to challenge you to just make a simple ask and say, you know what? Come and see. Just come check it out. In fact, we've, had, we've actually made this extremely super easy for each of you to invite a friend to the upcoming series and beyond. Maybe it's not that series, maybe it's a different one, right? As you walked in today, you should have received one of these, right, uh, from our friendly greeters, a little card here. So everyone take out that card and take out your pen here. Check this out. Okay, on the front it says, don't be a stranger, And on the back, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to think of three people right now. Look at the back of this card. And the first person I'd like you to identify is the person that you are thankful for, that they actually took a risk and invested in you, and and you wouldn't be where you are today in your spiritual journey were it not for this person. Okay, I'm going to ask you to think of that person uh, who took the risk and invested in you. Okay, maybe it was. Maybe they asked you to church. Maybe they shared the gospel with you for the first time. You guys know who it is for me, right? It's Ron Belmont, right? So I'm going to ask you right now, just go ahead and click your pens and write that person's name right there. I'm thankful for, in that blank, write uh, that person's name. And for me, it's R-O-N, Ron. I'm going to write Ron. Write that person's name down because you know what? I don't know if you've ever thanked God for that person. I don't know if you've ever thanked him. Ron, Mr. Ron Belmont, we haven't seen each other in about 20 years, and I'll be having lunch with him in a couple of weeks. Saw him on Facebook. That's the glory of Facebook. So anyways, so, uh, so that's kind of fun. So we're going to spend a couple minutes uh, li- little in a little bit, and we're going to thank God for that person. But as you're doing that, okay, before we go there, what we're going to do is you also see two more lines there. It says, two people I'll invite to come and see. What I want you to do there is I want you to identify who are the people That God has specifically placed in your life, in your sphere of influence. Yours, not mine. Do you you understand this? God has placed a certain sphere of influence. God has placed you around a certain circle of people that you have contact with. I don't. Pastor Tim doesn't. Pastor Ozzy Dave doesn't. You. God has placed those people in your life. Who are those people that he has placed in your life that God may want you to scatter some seeds? So go ahead and think of two people. Two folks who you could invite this year to just come and check it out. Just come and check it out. Just go ahead and write that down. And as you're doing that, I'm going to write down as well. I've got my old Madison uh, landlord, Dr. Lou DiBiase, and my friends, the Ola Hans. Okay? Write that down, because here's the reality. God wants to use you to start a spiritual chain reaction that eventually leads to someone, someone like Elisa to share with, with, a, with a James who, who becomes a sort of fodder figure uh, to, to Nate that eventually leads all of them to Christ. God is about doing that kind of stuff, using you to glorify himself for your benefit and for the benefit of others. So by identifying these three special people in our lives, the idea here is to allow this card. I'm going to keep this in my wallet. Some of you, you can put it on your rearview mirror or your cubicle at, at your work, wherever it is, as a reminder to not only invite that person to come and see, but to pray for those people, especially those two folks that God would open their hearts, that he would open their eyes in 2012 and so that they would be able to see that he's revealing himself to her and to him. And who knows, maybe... Maybe God would be using you to draw someone closer to himself all because you chose not to be a stranger. In fact, let's pray right now for these three folks that God has stirred in our hearts right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. I just want to thank you, first of all, for Ron Belmont. Lord, thank you that, you know, he took the time out of his day, was obviously trying to um, work a conversation with my dad because he, he noticed this snotty-nosed kid in the back, and, um, and he took the time to love, and he took the time to ask, and, and he took a risk. He stepped out of his comfort zone and invited me to come and see, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's just amazing how you work through the simple, how you just work through just a seed of faith, Lord. So I want to thank you for Ron Belmont, and I want to thank you for all the different Ron Belmonts represented in this room. Lord, every single one of us is here on our spiritual journey because of someone else. So thank you, Lord. We want to thank you. We lift up these names to you right now. We lift up these names that we've just written down right now to you. Thank you for the Ron Belmonts in our life. Father, we've also written down two other names, maybe two other family names. God, these are folks um, that you have given us the privilege and the pleasure of knowing in our own worlds, in our own sphere of influence, in our own uh, uh, little worlds of people that we know, Lord. You, for whatever reason, have impressed them upon our hearts, and right now we pray for them. We pray first and foremost that your Holy Spirit would attack their lives, that it would attack their hearts and make a place, cause a place inside of their hearts for Jesus Christ to set his throne and to be Lord and Savior of their lives. I pray, Heavenly Father, for every, every name that we wrote down here, those two special spots. God, you created them, you loved them, and you sent your son Jesus to die for them. And so, Lord, we're, not many of us are, are, are biblical scholars. Not many of us are world-renowned theologians, Lord. Uh, but we, what we are are your children. And what we are are people of faith, even a mustard seed of faith. So we pray, Father, that whoever scatters and whoever waters, Lord, that you would cause these names to grow for your glory, for their benefit and ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.